0: Just um, morning church. Sorry, getting myself organised. Just wanna uh, no no, there's a there's a who is this guy? So just the humble guy who preached this morning. Okay, uh, just before we get started. This morning um. Uh, sorry, just a couple of things. Um, this this mo- if you are if you are new to our church. Um, for the last three weeks, we've been in a, in a series of faith, and today is the final one, and we f- we're finishing it off. What I want to do is I just, just want to take a moment of your time to point this out. Um, this is not faith. Now, I need to make that clear, because it's so easy to go, wow, look, you know, look what Rob and Leanne won by faith. This is not faith, and the reason why it's not faith is because actually I didn't pray for it. And I didn't even know there was a prize being given away. I will admit, though, I knew I was the winner, and I can't tell you how I knew I was the winner. Uh, I just knew I was the <laughs> as Lydia found out, <laughs> okay, all right, I just knew it was the winner. This is favor, and that's something completely different. So it's not a fluke, it's not luck, this is favor. And I'm going to be honest with you so that we're not confused over favor. <coughs> God loves us equally. God does not love me more than anybody else in this room. He loves us equally. However, his favor on each and every one of us isn't equal. So some have more favor than others. And I'm not going to stand here and tell you I've got more favor than you because I'm not. Because I don't know because I'm not God. What I'm trying to tell to you, tell you is, this, is this, because it would be really wrong to think in our house that this is a one-off. Oh, well, God operated on August or whatever in 2019, and that was amazing, and then 10, 15 years later, we hear another testimony. No, that's, that's wrong thinking, because you and I are both have access to the same God that has favor. But this is what I want to encourage you. Um if you want favour like this stop talking about other people if you want favour like this stop walking around with bad attitude if you want favour like this, stop complaining and wait for it stop complaining even when you're right if you want favour like this do the little things go all the way If you commit to something, be committed. Don't pull out because the circumstances change. The little things. I have a mother-in-law, she taught me about the little things, really did. And here's my test sometimes. In the men's bathroom, I pull the towels, I dry my hands, I think I'm Kobe, and I go for the shot. And nine times out of 10, it bounces out of the bin. I catch it out of the corner of my eye I've already got the door handle and I'm walking out. Here's the little things. I go back and put it in. And you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. If I don't and there's nobody in that bathroom with me, nobody would ever know that that was me that missed. But he knows. You continue to be faithful in the little things, then his favor will grow over you. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's walk away from this. (coughs) Okay. Welcome. If you are new this morning, I'm, I'm not a theologian. Can't even say the word. Um, this was by faith, by the way. Finishing and that—that was my faith. Okay. I'm not sure if you can see, but I just want to point it out. Um, I've got a piece of white tape here, and it's called X marks the spot. All right. So X marks the spot. Okay. Here we go. All right. <clears throat> Our faith. And this morning, I'm going to preach like George Bridge plays rugby. <clears throat> George Bridge is a rugby player who plays all over the place. I too, in my preaching, will be all over the place. However, God willing, it will fall into place. The reason for this is because faith is such a big subject. My heart this morning is to help clarify our beliefs, our thoughts around faith. X marks the spot. X marks the spot means we are on the mark. And if we are on the mark, it's a hit. If we are off the mark, it's a miss. And even when we are so close to the mark, unless I'm on it, it's still a miss. So, where is Jesus and what is he doing now? In the Old Testament, Moses was instructed by God to construct a tabernacle that was portable as they were always on the move 440 years later King Solomon also constructed a tabernacle but this one was not portable for both tabernacles they had to be made precisely to God's specifications as they were to mirror the tabernacle that is in heaven another word for tabernacle is temple or we would associate it as a church building the tabernacle can be divided into three areas: the outer court, the holy place, and the holy of holies. In the holy place, there were three pieces of furniture. Excuse my, uh, excuse my Jewish. The menorah or the golden lampstand, the table, table of showbread. and the golden altar of incense. So as you can see, there are three parts, the outer court, holy place, and over here is the holy of holies. In the holy place, there is only three pieces of furniture. There's the altar of incense, boom. Over here is the candlestick, and on the other side there is the table. Only three pieces of furniture. What we need to take—oh, no- sorry, uh, yeah. What we need to take note here is, is that there are no chairs for the priest, and that was because they had to continually work before the Lord. The price of living under law. Do do do. There's no chair. Jesus left heaven, came to earth, and baby formed, formed, lived for 33 years was beaten to a bloody pulp and then crucified. And before he died, in the book of John, it tells us that Jesus' last words were, it is finished. And then he died. Was placed in a tomb, and three days later he rose again. When he rose from the dead, there is a time period that Jesus spent on planet Earth before he went to heaven. And when he went to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit down to earth, and the book of Acts verifies the Spirit of God coming to earth. So, what happened to Jesus when he left earth? There are twelve scriptural references that tell us that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, and one scriptural, one scripture speaks of Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. And that was when Stephen was being stoned. Every other New Testament scripture tells us Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, seated. There are times that to appreciate the new in the New Testament, we need to see the old, the furniture. So you have to remember that that is constructed from the tabernacle that is in heaven. All the pieces of furniture that are there on planet Earth are all the pieces of furniture that are in planet Heaven. When Jesus did what he did on Earth and he left, the Bible then tells us that he's seated. Where? In the tabernacle. In the Old Testament, we had no seats in the tabernacle because the priest had no time to sit, as there was always something to do. The New Testament tells us that Jesus is our high priest and he is seated in the heavenly tabernacle. Why is he seated? Because everything that has needed to be done has been done. What's he doing? The Bible tells us that right now Jesus is interceding on our behalf. Jesus is getting involved on our behalf. Where is Jesus and what is he doing? He is in the tabernacle of heaven at the right hand of the Father, seated, interceding on our behalf. In the light of faith, this is so important for us to understand. Why? Because X marks the spot. Why is it so important for us to understand? because faith is a law not part of the law as in the 10 commandments but in Romans 3:27 it says tells us that law tells us that faith is a law so what is the law of faith faith is a law just like our natural laws law of gravity the law of electricity and the law of aerodynamics the law of gravity What goes up must come down. The law of electricity, voltage equals inverse resistance. The law of aerodynamics, what goes up can stay up. And if you abide by the law, you are safe and you don't get hurt. So in that that concept, faith faith also is a law. And when applied correctly, it works every time without fail. By using the law of faith, we can acquire any of the promises of God. And it works on the same basis as our natural laws. And that is, according to Hebrews 1:3, 1, 1, God has ordained this works. Faith works. Faith works. Here are some basic conditions for faith to work. These do not apply in every case, but more often than not, they will. Number one, we must base our faith on what God has said, or on what he has done, or on what he said he is going to do. Number two, we must ask for it. There are instances in the Bible where they don't ask, and they got it anyway, but the norm is to ask. James 4 verse 2 says, you have not because you ask not. Number three, sometimes we must command. We don't ask demons to do things. We command them. Number four, we must believe that we are receiving when we pray or command. Number five, we must confess what we believe. Our tongues release faith. And in fact, there is no faith until you speak. Number six, we must act upon what we confess. Noah acted on his faith, and so did Naaman in 2 Kings 5.10. And James 2.17 says, faith without works isn't faith. And number seven, we must endure to the end. Hebrews 6.15 says, Abraham patiently endured until he obtained the promise. Number seven, want just read that again. We must endure to the end. You know, sometimes we, I think we start off with a hiss and a roar and we don't endure to the end. I've started off today with talking about how the tabernacle is set out with the sole purpose of understanding how our faith needs to relate. Our faith needs to relate to the setup because X marks the spot. What does X marks the spot? And My whole sermon today is this. Faith can only be accessed from this spot here. This is not faith, and this miss here this is just as bad as is aiming over here. Okay? All right? X marks the spot. then then your faith is on if you're not on the spot then your faith isn't on faith is a law you see what I'm saying alright so stay with me peeps if I ask the Lord to die for me then I don't understand what the Bible says so here's my question am I operating in faith if I ask the Lord to die for me then I truly don't understand what the Bible says am I then really operating in faith? Now, we all know that he died. Sorry, we all know that he died for me. Therefore, there is no need to ask Jesus to die for me, but to claim by faith the benefits of that death for me. Does that make sense? Very quiet. Very quiet. We haven't got the crunch part yet. So what happens when I ask the Lord to heal me? Is that a prayer of faith? Matthew eight seventeen says, he, took, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sickness. 1 Peter 2, 24 says, By his stripes we were healed. What about praying asking Jesus to save me from the enemy? Is that a prayer of faith? Colossians 1.13 says Jesus has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his Son. 1 John 4.4 says you, you are of God and have overcome the spirits of the world because Jesus is in you. If I ask God to provide for me, is that faith? 2 Peter 1.3 says he has given us everything we need for a godly life. If I ask God for peace, is that faith? John fourteen twenty seven says, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I can't answer these for you because you probably won't like my answer. But in all honesty, looking at those scriptures, not one of them says Jesus will do it. They all say he has done it. They are past tense. Is there a difference? There is a difference. Imagine this. I take my two boys out for dinner when suddenly I have to rush away and they don't see me pay, but I pay for our meals and leave. The boys finish their meal and then sit there waiting for me to return to pay for their meals when in reality they are free to go because the price has already been paid. If I have a look at how the tabernacle was, three pieces of furniture, and how it is now, the high priest Jesus is seated, work completed. If I factor in his last words, it is finished, it means that all that needed to be done is done. If I factor in his word, which makes no mention of Jesus doing anything but interceding, if I factor in that the word says that the kingdom of God is in me, if I factor in his word that says I am seated with Christ in heavenly places and that the fullness of Christ is in me, then maybe when I pray to God to heal me, that it isn't really a prayer of faith, but of ignorance. And maybe when I pray that I shouldn't look to, Sorry, and maybe when I pray, what I shouldn't do is I shouldn't look to the kingdom without, but actually should look to the kingdom within. What's the point? Don't assume. Study your manual, for God answers prayers of faith, not of ignorance. really quiet in this room it's the hard part of my sermon so everything else is goes all good from here all right but i do i just want to encourage you i I want to encourage you i'm not this is this is not me you know the word says that that those who teach have to be come under extra judgment i'm not a theologian all right it's the hebrew hebrew word for that by the way so you know Um, i'm not all right but what i don't want to do is i don't want to stand up here and give my opinion because i'm accountable for it all right And so luckily for me, I had a lot of time to be able to prepare for this. Then this is my my point, and I'm not putting it out to you. I'm putting it out to myself. I'm putting it out to my wife and to my family. Don't pray by ignorance because your prayers don't get answered. Learn the manual. Learn the manual. Learn the manual. All right, moving on. There are two types of faith, human faith and God faith. Human faith allows us to sit in a chair that we've never sat in before. We use human faith when we drive a car we've never driven before. And if human faith allows us to get on Hawaiian Airlines, even though we probably don't understand the ins and outs of how they work. That's human faith. So human faith, if I've never sat in a chair before, by human faith, I actually think that this chair will be like every other chair, and I'll sit in it. This is, this is human faith. When you get in an airplane, that's, that's human faith. God faith. God faith would allow us to sit in this chair. Does anybody want to sit in this chair? That's God faith. What's the point? Don't confuse human faith for the faith that God is talking about. All right? X marks the spot. Only these prayers here get answered. Faith is a gift already given to you and I. Ephesians 2 verse 8. This is so important to understand because if we have ever found ourselves saying that I don't have the faith for that, we deceive ourselves. If we have ever found ourselves asking God for faith for something we are, sorry, if we have ever found ourselves asking God for faith when we don't think we have any, we are off the mark because God is looking at you and I wondering why we're asking him for something he has already given us. And if I'm asking God for something he has already given me, then I'm not in faith. I'm in unbelief. And unbelief is a sin. Instead, ask God to increase your faith. What's the point? This is the point. We have all been given a gift of faith from the Lord. X marks the spot. So now that we've established that God has given us a gift of faith, let's look at what the size of the gift is. When I was growing up, I knew the importance of the size of a gift. I could tell from the size of the gift what it was. I would look at it and say in my mind, hmm, clothes. And then, and then as I felt it, it confirmed to my suspicions. I could also tell from the size who I got it from. And I will never forget one Christmas that look on, my, on both my brother's eyes as the biggest present under the tree was mine. I've also come to know that having two boys of the same age, born on the same day, that they need presents of the same size or value. Because if I gave one boy a big present and I gave the other a smaller present, and this has crossed my mind, however, I know I'd be asking for trouble. And as a kid, I associated the size of the present with how much I was loved. The bigger the present, the bigger I thought that person loved me. When we as Christians hear other other Christian testimonies and read the Bible stories and the New Testament of all the amazing and wonderful miracles that they have done, it is very easy for our thinking to think, oh well, God must have given them a big gift of faith and that's why they can do things. My faith isn't as big as theirs. There are a couple of things that I just want to draw our attention to. First one is this. Don't ever equate what God gives you or doesn't give you with the size of his love for you. Man, it's so easy, and I mean this in the nicest way, and I don't know, it's just the timing of God. So easy to look at that and go, oh, God must really love Rob and Leanne. what I just want us to do is um, I just, just um, so this is the position what does Joe call it? The universal, permission, universal position of surrender um, this morning I just want to stop right here right now because I think that for a lot of us at times our problem is not with faith, our problem is, is actually we don't know how much God really loves us and sometimes I think when you hear a message all the time you can assume that you know, you know how much God loves you and I'm going to be honest with you if sometimes I look at people and I think man if you really knew how much God loved you would you be acting like that so stand with me oh not stand with me just eyes closed and just um, your hands in a universal position of receiving just father just right now by faith oh God would you increase our knowing of your love right now in Jesus name Father I just want to pray wherever we have equated your love with wow that person really got blessed or, or anything else Lord God that is so wrong Father we just pray that right now in the name of Jesus Lord God that you would pull down those lines in Jesus name Father I pray that uh, for this house for the house that's across this city and this nation Lord God that we would truly know Lord God new realms of your love for each and every one of us just, and all I want you to do is just say by faith I just received that just say it it's the gun by faith By faith, I just receive that. Receive that revelation in Jesus' name. Thank you. All right. So there are a couple of things that we need to draw our attention to. Don't ever equate that what God gives or doesn't give you equates to the size of his love for you. He loves us equally. Second point. we We assume that the faith God gives us comes in different sizes. The manual, the Bible... The Bible tells us in Romans 12, verse 3, God has dealt to each one the measure of faith. Not a measure, but the measure. When I was little and I was told to go to the drawer and get a spoon, it wasn't a Pacific spoon, it was a spoon. But when I was little and I was told to get the spoon, I knew what that meant. If Romans 12:3 was to say a spoon, it would mean the measure is of no importance. It is just a measure lacking accuracy of measurement. But it says the measure, meaning that the measure is of importance and has an accuracy to the measure. What's the point? The point is you and I have the same measure of faith and the measure of faith you and I have been given is the same given to the faith guys in the Bible. We have the same measure of faith. Peter and Paul, who did amazing things in the Bible, were not given more faith. They were given the same we have the same measure of faith. The measure. Can you increase that? Yes. Can you decise that? Yes. But first and foremost, what we need to understand is as first as we were given the measure of faith. You could ask, what about 1 Corinthians 12 and the gift of faith? I'll come back to that. Just to clarify, the faith you and I have been given is the same faith that Simon Peter had. 2 Peter 1 1 says, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Saviour. Obtained a faith of equal standing. Our faith is just as equal as Peter's and Paul's. What's the point? We have the same faith as Peter and them in the Bible. X marks the spot. Galatians 4:6 says, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into our hearts. God wants us to fully participate in being His children. The same Father-Son relationship the Father had with Jesus is the same father-son relationship he wants with you and I. Abba Father. As a result of having having the Spirit of the Son in us. We have the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faith, and self-control. Whose faith is it? It is Jesus's. It is the faith of the Son of God. Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ, nonetheless I live, yet not I, but Christ that lives within me. In the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, not in by the faith of the Son of God. Revelations fourteen twelve says, "Here is the patience of the saints, that they keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus." What's the point? The faith that we have been given is not our own faith, but is the faith of Jesus Christ, the Son. That means that we have God's supernatural faith. X marks the spot. Let's recap. The law of faith. Faith only works when you get it right. Human faith is not God faith. Faith is a gift given to us. We all have the same measure of faith. And the faith that we have been given is the faith of the Son of God. Supernatural faith. And in all honesty, if we've been given the faith of God, then I think we should be doing the works of God. What about 1 Corinthians 12? the gift of healing, the gift of miracles, the gift of faith. I acknowledge that there are Christians with these gifts serving the body of Christ. But I believe that there is some confusion over this. As over the decades, we as a a body have looked towards these people for our healings and our miracles. And what we have brought into is that that there is a specific ministry for these things and that is not for everybody to walk in. It works. You can have a person with a gift that that heals or of faith or of miracles and they can pray for us and we'll be healed or set free yet this is not really god's first intention for his body god's first intention is that the body walks in these things and just as we are more and more recognizing that the pastor's job isn't to do everything and that we need to take a responsibility along with the pastor god is also wanting his body to take responsibility for faith healing and miracles So why are there people anointed to do these things? Because of the laws of the kingdom. Seed. Time. Harvest. We become saved. We receive faith to be saved. Comes in gift form. Over time we water it, add the word to it, and it grows. So that if the need should arise in our lives for a miracle, we are positioned in life to deal and overcome these miracle, these obstacles ourselves. God's law of seed time harvest only works when we have time to grow such things. But for Christians who don't have time to grow the seeds themselves because they've been diagnosed with something that doesn't allow the time, God has anointed people with gifts to heal them. What's the point? God wants to use an eye, you and I to heal ourselves and those we come in contact with, X marks the spot. See, I, don't, I think what we've done without realizing it is, is, is that we've got ourselves into a position where uh, Joe Bloggs down the road has this amazing ministry. He heals people. Man, I've heard he raises the dead. And what we've done is we've allowed our thinking to go, you know what, I need to take this person. Thinking that actually it, it was part of the anointing and calling on their job. It's not. God's expectation is, is that we ourselves develop that in our own lives so that if something should come against me I have the faith to stand to go no away and if something should come against my family I have the faith to be able to step in and say no, go away. <clears throat> X marks the spot if I'm on, then faith is operating and God can answer. Remember, being close to the mark is the same as a big miss. Belief, trust, and faith are are three very similar things, but they are different. Belief isn't faith. Meaning, if I am believing God for something thinking it's faith, I miss the mark. Trust isn't faith either. Trust is a relational value. So though faith includes an element of trust, f- f- trust is not faith. And while faith includes the element of belief, they are not one and the same. We must certainly believe that someone or something exists before it is possible to put one's faith in that personal thing. Or we could look at it like this. To have faith in this chair, I must first believe that the chair exists. However, just because I believe in God, it doesn't mean it's faith. I believe in Russia, but I don't live my life any differently because of my belief. I believe in the chair but faith doesn't come into the picture alone until I action something. Let's read Mark five twenty-five to 32. I'll, I'll read it. i read it. I ran for you. I've got plenty of for you. Might as well read for you, honey. <coughs> Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that time, sorry, she had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came from behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was tied up, dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out from him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched me? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you? And you say, Who touched me? In verse 30, Jesus asked, who touched my clothes? In verse 31, the disciples answered, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched you? Let's take a moment and just imagine this throng. We're talking about heaps and heaps of people pushing in, touching Jesus. The throng was made up of people with real needs. People believing Jesus for a miracle. Because at this stage, in Jesus' ministry, he had performed miracles and healings, and the word was out. In the throng, there must have been people crying out to Jesus, and yet only one person was healed. And verse 32 tells us the difference. But we just need to, you know, Jesus, he's done this stuff, he's in this place, people know who he is, and, you know, we've seen the, you know, how people can, can mob uh, a, ce- a celebrity. I'm assuming that just by the way that this is worded, that actually the same thing was going on for Jesus, that there, were, there was this massive crowd that was around Jesus trying to get a hold of him. And I'm going to be honest, in that crowd would have been people who needed help. That, the woman with the blood was not the only one who had an issue going on for her. And I really believe that in that crowd, there would have been people who had real, real needs. And I believe that it wouldn't have been a quiet crowd. I, reckon, I believe that there would have been people in that crowd crying out, Jesus! Jesus! Verse 32 tells us that the difference between all those people, did God love them less? No. He loved them equally. So why, out of all those people, did one person get healed? And verse 32 tells us the difference was that this one person had faith. What's the point? Believing that God can do something isn't faith. Crying out to God isn't faith. Your desire to have your needs fulfilled isn't faith. And the story of the healed woman tells us God only answers the one with faith. I just pray right now, Lord, that if there are people in this house that are in the throng, I pray, Lord God, for your revelation in Jesus' name, that they can see, Lord, that they need to get out of the throng and into faith the church today has substituted desire and hope for faith and we think that that is sufficient we believe that because we believe God can do anything that it's faith we believe God can raise the dead we believe that God can calm the storm but there are very few people who believe that God would do that for them and I believe that the answer lies in Hebrews 11 verse 6 Hebrews 11 verse 6 says without faith it is impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is God and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him faith is not believe. sorry Faith is believing that God is, present tense, God is, not that God was, past tense, or that God is going to be, future tense, and yet I believe that that's where most Christians place God. We believe it's all going to work out. I'll get there one day, or one day it will happen for me, The first part of faith is believing is, is that God is, and then it goes on to say He is a rewarder of those who seek Him. We have to believe that God is. We have to believe that God is willing to move on our behalf. We have to believe that there is a willingness on God's to move on our behalf. We can believe that God has the power for what we need, but what we do do. Is we doubt his willingness to use that power in our lives. I'm going to say that again. We believe that God has the power for what we need, but we doubt his willingness to use that power in our lives. And there's the icing. There's the icing and I you know what I'm not sitting here going I've got more faith than anybody else I haven't I've been humbled and I'm still being humbled by this and this is this is maybe it's my own revelation but I actually believe that it's a key because it was this I felt God say because you're not you don't believe that I'm willingly willing to move on your behalf And what I want to do is, is, because what God doesn't want to do is just raise up a person in this house or a couple of people. What God wants to do is he wants to raise the house. And I just want to encourage us is is, is that maybe the key to the, the faith situation in your life was this. You didn't believe that God was willing to do that on your behalf. faith isn't just believing that God can do it but that he has done it it's for you and I and this is the characteristic of the woman with the issue of blood she just wasn't believing God could heal but that healing was for her Luke 18 says when Jesus returns he's looking for faith What are you doing with the supernatural faith that Jesus has given you and I? Are we doing supernatural things with it? We've all been given the gift of faith. It is the same size as the faith guys in the Bible. This gift of faith that we have been given, it's not our own faith, it's not my faith, it is the faith of Jesus Christ. Therefore, that, that says to me that that's supernatural faith. You and I have been given supernatural faith. There is a law of faith. The law of faith basically says that if you're not on the mark, your prayer isn't getting answered. Belief alone is not faith. Trust alone is not faith. Crying out to God with, your, with our real needs isn't faith. And as the woman of the issue of blood portrayed, it's only faith that God will answer. Jesus Christ is coming back and he's looking. And it doesn't say he's looking for, you know, amazing ministries. It doesn't. It says faith. Um, There's another scripture that I've I've finished preaching. Now, shoot me if I ramble. Um, It's just one other scripture that I want to uh, mention throw out there. And it says in John, and it says that we have been given the faith that overcomes the world. You and I have the faith that overcomes the world. So this is, the, th- the then we've got to reverse that and go, actually, if the world is overcoming us, the issue is not with the world, the issue is with our faith. And I want to just speak and release that right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have the faith to overcome the world. That's a freebie. The last point is this. Is this is, and this is, you know, this is it gets messy for people, and I understand that. This is the manual, all right, and I'm hoping that in, in part, of the, part of the message today is as we understand this. This manual will be on this spot. If I'm on this spot, then by faith God can answer whatever is going on. This manual tells me that if I'm not on the spot, nothing is happening. And it doesn't matter how close I am to the spot, it's still a miss. God only answers faith. And then the last thing that I want to throw out there, and I'm just, I'm just throwing this out there, and I'm, I'm certainly aware and I'm mindful of people in the house and just where things are at. But when we go to the doctor, and the doctor says, whatever it is that the doctor says, when the report of the doctor becomes bigger than the manual, there's something wrong with our faith. When the doctor's word all right? outshines the manual, there's something wrong. Now, I'm not saying what you should do is throw out the doctor's advice. I'm not saying that. There are Christians in the news recently who have been doing that, and, and people have been dying. And I get that. I understand that. But what I do want to encourage you is just because the doctor said it, that doesn't mean to say it's true. And what we really need to do is we need to take what the doctor says, and we need to take that to the manual and go, all right, I need to line this up because God, in the midst of this, I need to know what you're saying because that's faith. Don't take my word for anything that I said this morning. And I mean that in the nicest way. I just, (laughs) yourself, do it yourself. Um, But I I do know this. Um, I I really believe that God wants to raise the standard of faith, not in this house, but uh, uh, in the body, and not just in this city, but across this nation and across the world. I just think that what we're going to find is we're entering into a season where actually the the things that they talk about in Acts is we're going back there. And that's going to be faith stuff. I really believe that there's going to be a time that actually, you know what, people will be going to the airport, not because they won this, but because the Lord said that to them. And they're not going to have any money in their account, but by faith, they're going to go to the airport. And as they're at the airport, somebody's going to tap on them and go, are you such and such? Because I've got tickets here for you. That's the type of faith that I believe that God wants to release in us. I really believe that when we're coming and when we're going and when we're at work and when we're in our neighbor, neighborhood and that when the neighbor that we see is not well, is crippled in some sort of way, and I'm not talking about someone with a cold, all right? I'm talking about people that are blind, people that are, are deaf, they're people are in wheelchairs. I really, really believe that God's going to go, you know what, I'm going to use you right now. I'm going to heal them and set them free in Jesus' name. I really believe that that's the standard that he wants to say to each and every one of us. This is where we're going, because this is faith. This is faith. Somebody, I, it was really cool. I don't know if it's real. I saw it on the, on the Gate app. Um, and I, I'm going to misquote this really badly, but you've got to have more faith than, than just faith for a car park. Yeah, and, I, and I thought, cool, that's, that's bang on, because that's what we've done. We've equated that. Why? Because it, it sits with our experience. And that's what we've done. We've taken faith and we've just lowered that. And in some ways, what we've done is it's like, it's it's okay that you're sick. And all we're doing is we're just lowering faith because you know what? It it makes it easier for us. And I'm saying, you know, no, no, no. It's now time that we actually go. We put faith in its proper place in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm gonna finish on prayer. If you wanna stand, that's okay. If there's something that's this morning that just spoke to you, man, just, just by faith, just receive it right now, just by faith. Father, we just wanna thank you. We just want to thank you, Lord God, for the gift of faith. We want to thank you, Lord God, that this gift of faith is supernatural faith. And I just want to speak and declare that right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You've given us faith to move mountains in Jesus' name. That's why you said, your word says, says, speak to the mountain. If you don't doubt, it'll be done. And the reason why you said that is because you knew the type of faith that you were giving us, and it was supernatural faith. We just release that revelation right now in Jesus' name. Right now, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Just release that, that revelation, supernatural faith. Thank you, Father God. Praise your name. And Father, I want to pray, Lord God, just for a real boldness, Lord God. I want to pray that there just be a real shattering of, of fear in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord God, because with faith, Lord God, there needs to come action. And Lord, there needs to be a boldness. We just want to release that over our house right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, we want to say that if we're praying for somebody and it doesn't work, we want to say that's okay in Jesus' name. Just keep, do it again in Jesus' name, and do it again, in Jesus' name. And Lord, you, when you went to heal somebody with the eyes, and the first time it didn't work, and they didn't put you off, and you just continued to grow, you just continued to do it. And we want to pray that. We just want to release that right now, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We give you thanks, Lord. We, we lift up your name. We want to thank you that you are seated in heavenly places, and that your word says that we are seated in those places too. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.